Hello, Internet, and welcome to Say Report Junior, uh, the show where two friends who have not met in real life record our Internet conversations uh, for the rest of you to listen to. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Zach Sarawick. And, and, I'm, and I'm, <laughs> I always wait for you to be like, so- like pass the torch <laughs> off because I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> but, but I guess when you stop talking, I could just start talking. <laughs> See, we're learning. I am the oh. other. I am the other host, uh, Dale Decker. Um, yeah. So this is our podcast. Hopefully, if you if if you're just joining us, if this is your first episode, like Zach said, we do. We're just uh, recording our conversations and trying to create a new friendship. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, so yay, friends. Um, <laughs> so I know you said you had a lot that you want to get through. I, I know you saw you saw over a bunch of other stuff. Yes. I will I, say. I've spent literally most of my week. I actually, I, sh- I shouldn't say most of my week. I started this yesterday, watching uh, the seven-hour documentary Crystal Lake Mem- Memories, Jeez. which is about like the entire history of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, my second favorite horror franchise out there. Um, <laughs> so it's, been, I, I think when it essentially, I think when it first like came out, it must have been like a seven or eight-part thing on like Chiller or something. But on Shutter, the streaming service for like horror stuff. It's definitely just all up in one big, I think it's like six hours and 40 minutes Whoa. chunk that just goes through the background, the like behind the scenes stuff of every movie. Wow. So, see, I've yeah. never, I've never watched those films. So. Do, you, do you just not watch horror movies? Because you mentioned you didn't watch Scream before either. I, I generally, you... I generally try not to. The only ah. horror, the only real horror films I can watch are like thriller horror. So like, right. Alfred Hitchcock or like the Purge movies. I really enjoy the Purge movies. Um, a part of me wants to see A Quiet Place because it seems more thriller than like scary. I don't know. It's with me, like, mat like mass murdering or like killing and that kind of stuff isn't really my thing. Or like ghosts, like Paranormal Activity. I I don't like Paranormal Activity. Um, <laughs> But, like, alien stuff I like. So, like, except I didn't like Alien. I really <laughs> didn't. I, Wait, I, hold I, on. <laughs> like, like 1979 original Alien? Yeah. I did not Ooh. really enjoy <clears throat> that. I Although mean, that does skew closer to horror, so I can understand. But well, at the same time, you are absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not even that. It's not that I was scared of it. It was just, I don't know. I, had a, I watched it in class. Um... And oh, that's always a weird environment yeah, to watch it. Yeah, like, and everybody was so, like, everybody in the class were huge fans of it. And that, like, that's the worst way for me to watch a movie. Because I find when I'm in a room, like, the first time I watched A New Hope, I hated it. Because I was in a room with people who absolutely loved it. And I was like, oh... Like I want, I want to really enjoy it because they do, and like it's, it seems like it's gonna be good, but then I'm like watching it with weird expectations, and then like I'm just second guessing it. But then I rewatched it. And I'm like, this is actually pretty fun. Like I understand why people love it. Um, it's not my favorite movie, but like I at least appreciated it more. So being in like that kind of environment where I mean, it happened. It happened with Alien. It happened with. Star Wars, like I said, it happened with, um, oh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, I, that movie. Oh, yeah, because you're from, so, 
even when I was when I have to remember how many years apart we are. So I was that came out while I was, I don't know, five or six. And then 10 years later, when I was in high school, that was when Hot Topic decided that Nightmare on (laughs) uh, Nightmare Before Christmas Christmas. was going to be like the thing that they sell all the time. And it was always like I don't go back and watch that specifically because the people around me were like rabidly fanatical about it and yeah. it's like dude it i mean it's a good movie but stop like <laughs> and it's not like it's and not so... like i'm i'm blaming them or anything like if you love it like i'm happy that you love it but it's like for me it's it's any movie that i've never seen that people are like oh you need to see this you need to see this then i'm like watching it with expectations that just i shouldn't be like it's i don't know it's partially like i shouldn't be doing that but like it happened with oh we we just saw a movie, uh, we Devin and I went to the TCM classic movies on the big screen, and it happened with um, what it what was it was it Fast Times at Richmond Heights? No, I liked Fast Times. I don't remember. <laughs> it was a, it was a movie. It was some movie where I'm like, eh, like I guess I get it, but. The people, because the people in the theater were like these huge fans of it, and I'm like, okay, so there's gonna be something that's gonna make me like become this fan, and it just never happened. So I was like, hmm. Yeah, these it's are, always weird when you like. Yeah, these are the kind of movies I have to watch on my own first, because it's just like that environment. If I was already a fan, would be a good environment, but since I don't know anything, it's like, uh, kind of. Yeah. And that's exactly how I got like into like horror and slasher films specifically. It's because I was a huge Stephen King fan before. Like I started reading Stephen King in like middle school when I should not have been reading Stephen King. And then like I hit high school. And as soon as I had, had like a job, One of the first things I did was I went to Hollywood Video and got an account there. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I did was rent Scream. And so, (laughs) like, starting there, all of a sudden it's like – and then Scream, there's, like, this whole – you know, uh, Jamie Kennedy has, like, his whole rule speech, which is a bullshit speech the more and more – every time (laughs) I watch it more and more. Jamie Kennedy as as Randy in the Scream movies is not a film expert Mm -hmm. the way that he is written. He is a guy who has watched all of the classic movies that you're supposed to watch and then – thinks that he's an expert because he's 18 and doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. So like, because the only movies he ever references are famous movies. His like whole rules for slasher films are complete BS when you actually go back and watch them because they seem to be based entirely on only Jamie Lee Curtis movies. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And you realize, oh, Randy just like Jamie Lee Curtis. That's (laughs) it. Because like his rules really work well for Halloween. They do not hold up with Friday the 13th. Like at all. Hmm. And it's really interesting when you go back (laughs) and watch that. So, but in that they like, they talk about the the big um the big trick yeah the, the big thing that that everybody that everybody forgets is that Jason is not the killer in the first Friday the Thirteenth movie he doesn't even show up until yeah. like the last kind of scene um and so like I was like okay now I have to watch this because I never knew that before and as soon as soon as I started watching those I fell in love with them and for a ten film franchise oh my god they like they hold up for eight movies they hold up the same continuity for eight <laughs> movies. That's impressive. And and it is really impressive. And then what happens is that they got bought, like Paramount sold the rights, and New Line Cinema, who does all the Friday, the the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, bought it. And they were like, well, now we have to make this like our own type of thing. It's going to be like, it's going to be like Jason Voorhees via Freddy. (laughs) 
And so Jason Goes to Hell, which is the first one they do, makes no freaking sense whatsoever. It is batshit crazy. <laughs> um, Steve Williams, I don't know if you, 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 I'm trying to think of what, um, have you ever seen like um, 21 Jump Street, the TV show at no, all? No, I only saw uh, the movies. Um, and I know you haven't watched X-Files. I'm trying to think of other things that Steve Williams has done. I'm sure you've, you've seen him before, but big, just kind of like big, muscly black guy with a mustache, like real intense. Mm-hmm. He plays a bounty hunter and Jason goes to hell. Who does like his whole thing is I'm going to hunt down Jason Voorhees and get him. <laughs> but his name is Creighton Duke. Best name ever. That is actually a real It was Creighton name. Duke. And Steve Williams apparently showed up on set and said, I am only going to play this character if you let me wear a leather trench coat and a cowboy hat the whole movie. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, sure. That's fantastic. And it's like, yeah. And it's just like, I love that just like if for, for 10 years, that movie, the a, a Friday the 13th movie came out every year or like I think eight of them came out within a 10 years period. Wow. So like a year, year and a half, I think there's only nine months between the first and the second movie, hmm. even though five years has gone by in movie world, nine months went by between the first and the second Friday the 13th movie coming out. Um, and then there's like Jason goes to hell in the nineties. And then you don't see one until 2000 when Jason X, Jason in space. And it's like, I love, I love watching a franchise just like go completely off the rails because they've all of a sudden just lost all track of what they're doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. I also remembered what movie it was that I was that we saw in the theater, and I just like that was okay. It was it was um, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, I feel like that'd be one that I would watch. Like I'm I'm afraid to watch because <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to so, about it. Because I I was like, oh, it's gonna it's like a car chase. Okay, sweet. Like I'm into those, and then like I'm sitting there. And people are just like around me quoting it and like just so so into it, which is good. That makes me happy. It makes me happy that movies can still do that for people. Well, that's an that's an older movie. But it's you know, it makes me happy that that can like continue on. But it's just this is not the environment for a person who has never seen this movie. Before. Absolutely, you gotta like you gotta um, take that stuff in yourself. You gotta exactly. like all of that. Yeah. Watching all of these, all of those like Scream and Friday the Thirteenth, yep. all of that was done completely by yeah. myself. Yeah. So it was yeah. like great to just like come into it on my own, <clears throat> fall in love with it on my own for my own reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were, there were parts of it that I was like, oh, well, that's cool, but I but I, at the end, Devin was like, oh man, that was really like I really enjoyed that, and I was like, eh. It was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I kind of hated it. I kind of hated. <laughs> I kind of hated the sheriff, and he was like, "Well, it's a joke." I'm like, "Yeah, but I, I just did. I just didn't. No, I just didn't like him." <laughs> and I'm like, and that's the person everybody was laughing at. And I can't. I can't remember the sheriff's name. And I'm, it's terrible because he's famous. Oh, this is bad. He's a famous comedian. I, I should can't know this even too, think but. Of it. I can't tell you almost anything about it. chastised for it. But anyways, but I was like, yeah, I just, and then we watched the sequels. Sequels? Are there two? Yeah, there's two sequels. Um, We watched, are there two sequels? You are asking the the wrong guy. We We watched the second one and I was like, man, this is good. And then like through watching the second one, it was just me and Devin at home watching it. Through watching that, I was like, you know. I like these movies, <laughs> you know, so it's just, I don't know. You have to be in the kind of environment, like a good environment 
not to say that those are bad environments, but it's not an ideal in- environment to see a new movie that everybody loves. <laughs> yeah, weirdly for weirdly for me, that's how Rogue One was for me. I did not really like it the first time, and it was like mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of weirdly oh, paced, and it took I, some time to get used to it. I hated and it then, <laughs> and then the second time I watched it, like knowing kind of like restructuring in my head what was what was going on. I was like, okay, now I now I can kind of yeah. get into the flow of this movie, and now I understand what's going on. And like I'm, I'm down with it now. It just took me like way off by surprise. I was like, "Whoa, hold on! I need to like readjust for this movie." Well, I shouldn't say hate because hate is a strong word. But I, I did not like Rogue One in the first. I'm not a. I like Star Wars, but I'm not a huge Star Wars because I never watched it as a kid, so I don't have that nostalgia feel to it. Um, but that movie just bored me. And I was like, this is not fun. <laughs> this is not fun for me. I want more Force Awakens stuff. <laughs> that is <laughs> I think what that's, I, I think want. that's really it. Is that I think that Force <laughs> Force Awakens was blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. Uh, Force Awakens was really well done. Like I think that oh, was that totally. was J.J. Abrams really knew what he was like, really into what he was doing. Mm. Like in the same way that like Super Eight was really good mm. with him. Like he had that same kind that. of. It's. I mean, it's just. It's. It's another one. That's, it's just paced really well, and yeah. you know, it's got. It's. He knows exactly what he wants out of it, and he's also not doing as much of his stupid mystery box bullshit that he does <laughs> with everything else. And so it's like, okay, perfect. This is. This is. That was J.J. Abrams in his wheelhouse, and then you hit Rogue One, and it's a completely different tone, mm. which is fine. Like, but it's. I mean, it's just like like we were saying about um, Infinity War and all of the MCU stuff, where it's like the. The, you kind of have to think about these movies differently, not as like individual movies, but as like a comic universe. Yeah. And it's almost like, and it's like you you can't think of, especially the Star Wars story side films that they're doing now as going to have the same feeling and the same thing. Although I suspect that's what's going on with Solo. I think what happened was, I think what happened with bringing in Ron H- Howard with Solo, and we'll know this in a few weeks when it yeah. comes out. Yep. Um, I think they brought Ron Howard in to probably remake that movie to fit a little bit more with the rest of the Star Wars ones after Rogue One yeah, was kind of up and down. And I, because originally it was the guys that did 21 Jump Street mm, that, that were making that movie. And yep. it was you know, it was Miller and Lord and all that. And they were going to make it. And you can tell like, just by hearing those names, it's like, oh, this is going to be just kind of like a fun heist movie exactly. kind of goofy thing that's nothing like any of the other Star Wars films. And I think after Rogue One was super divisive, Disney went, hold on. <laughs> How about how about no this time? We're gonna go, we're gonna go find Ron Howard, who's the most directoriest of directors we know, and just stick him into this grand adventure. <laughs> I think of like Ron Howard the same way. I think of Ron Howard the same way I think of Steven Spielberg, where it's like I need a really well crafted, really solidly made, fundamental style movie, where it's like like I can't watch a bunch of Steven Spielberg movies and go, okay, here's the themes and motifs about them because they're not always made exactly the same. Mm. Not the same way you can look at like a Quentin Tarantino movie and every one of his movies you can watch and go, okay, here's like you can feel Quentin Tarantino on top of everything. Oh, we're, diving, like just, we're diving just, in auteur theory. Oh, God. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's like the difference between a guy who's good or, or even in David Lynch, same way. Like yep. you watch a David Lynch or a Quentin Tarantino movie and you can tell exactly what decisions they were trying to make. The styles. There's like fonts. 
for cutscenes that are coming across that are in like every movie. <laughs> the freaking Stiglitz scene in uh, Inglorious Bastards that doesn't fit in with the rest of that movie because he's like, I haven't done a Pulp Fiction scene in this movie yet. And he sticks it in there. Um, like all of that, you can watch and get that. I could watch, like I watch Jurassic Park and I watch E.T. And I go, okay, I can understand that, that these were made by the same director. And yeah, they're both fun adventure films. But I don't watch those and go, oh, there's Steven Spielberg in this. Because what he does is goes, we're, we've got a great cinematographer and great editors and great actors. And we're all going to come together as a whole. It's not about me controlling this top to bottom. And so, and I think Ron Howard is kind of the same way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. Basically, bottom line, I should rewatch Alien. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After all of that. After yes, all of but, that. Yes, but on your own. On my own. After a deep death. Also, it's really weird. To, once you watch Alien, have you ever seen Aliens? No. At all? But I've okay. heard that it's oh. the better one. It's better. Well, it's they're two completely different movies. Yeah. Because one is, one is a horror movie and one is an action movie. And so, like, don't – I'm going to say – Give some time between those because it is a huge, huge tonal shift gotcha. from one to the other. It's a huge tonal shift from one to the other because one is because it was. Um, oh, God, <laughs> I can't remember the director's name of Alien now. Who also did Prometheus and Covenant and all that. But anyway, we're, uh, just, it, we're just losing names left and right. This is oh, great. And they're uh, names James, that but, we should know. <laughs> I know. But um, James Cameron, you know, does Aliens. And so like his yeah. whole thing was. Like the, the, the best story about that was he wanted to pitch doing a sequel to Alien. And when they were like, well, we don't know about another slow horror sci-fi. He was like, no, no, no. Hold on. Writes Alien on a chalkboard and then just puts an S at the end. And it's like, now we're talking because this isn't going to make Terminator, but with the Alien movies. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to turn this into like a, nice. it's a it's a group of like commandos going against aliens now. It's not slow paced horror anymore. So, nice. <laughs> so they're just nice. way, way different movies. Sweet. Um, yeah, I, I just gotta give it another chance. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all that being said, you had a bunch of other stuff you wanted I to get to today. Did. That's that's it for me, really. I haven't done much else. Yeah, so I had... There's a lot been going on. Um, I saw the remake of Overboard. Uh, it was fantastic. I don't know, have you ever seen the original Overboard? I, I have not. Okay. And I've only actually been more like somewhat aware of this remake from like I don't know Hulu commercials or something. Like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so the original Overboard, it's kind of great watching it now that Galaxy, uh, Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two exists because anytime <laughs> I see, anytime I see a young Kurt Russell, Russell is ego. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> watching. Watch, def, we made the joke during it. We were like, "Oh, it's nice to see ego like giving giving someone else a chance." But oh, so anyway, so it's it's Kurt Russell playing ego, playing a guy named Dan. I think his name is Dan. I I mean, let's be fair. Wrong. Kurt Russell's just playing himself in a lot of things. Yeah, just kind true. of <laughs> just kind of sauntering through every um, movie. That so I, hair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure his name is Dan in the original, but it's. But do you know the story of Overboard? No, right? You don't know the story. No, I like vaguely, but not okay. really. So basically, it's it's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, and Goldie Hawn is a rich woman who she owns a yacht. She has like all this inheritance and blah blah blah. And Kurt Russell is, you know, he's he's poorer. Like he's you know he has four young boys. Um, he has four sons. His wife has died. Um, they move to a new town, and he's trying to find work. He's a construction worker. 
So he finds a job on this yacht for this woman, for Goldie Hawn. Can't remember her name. Uh, I think it's Lisa, and then he calls her Anne, Anna for some reason. I don't know. Oh, so she doesn't remember. He basically does the job for her. She gets all pissy, won't pay him. And then later on, she ends up falling off the yacht, losing her memory. Okay. So he gets the bright idea that, oh, he's going to go down to the hospital and get his money that she owes him. But then his friend is like, she's not going to pay you now, especially now. She wouldn't pay you before. When she doesn't remember you, she's definitely not going to pay you now. So then he gets the idea of, oh, well, I'll just pretend like she's my wife. And and we'll go from there. That is the most like '80s premise <laughs> to a movie I have ever heard. <laughs> exactly. So he goes down and he has all the stuff. And the way that he proves, quote unquote, proves that he's her husband, is because he sees a birthmark. I think it's a birthmark on her butt, because she's walking around in a like French style bathing suit, as I'm told it was called, if I'm remembering correctly. So she has, like, a birthmark of, like, a strawberry-shaped thing. And so he, so she, like, is like, crap, I'm this guy's wife, apparently. And so he takes him home. He convinces his children to be in on the joke. They call her, her mom nothing and all like, this. Nothing like getting your kids and in on the con. <laughs> right. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this is kidnapping. <laughs> Like, he just kidnapped this woman and is now going to subject her to physical labor. And it's so that she, because she's such a jerk to him while he's working on the yacht. He's like, I'm going to be a jerk to her and she's going to pay off her debt to me. And it's like, "Eh, okay, all right. Not sure how I feel about this. But then the movie goes on and it gets really nice and heartfelt and they, they end up falling in love and it's like, oh my God. So... It's a pretty weird movie that I'm sure nowadays people are like, this is problematic. This is real problematic, which it is. I will, I will not lie that it is not that it is not problematic, that it is not I not have, problematic. I have tricked <laughs> you into love for what probably amounted to less than a few thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, it because was only I worked six, on your... It was only $600 that oh he was God, missing. Yes, not only, because to him... <laughs> To him, $600 was a lot. And to her, $600 is chump change because she's a millionaire or billionaire. So it's like, but it's not like, yeah, I don't know. That, it was, yeah. So it was over $600. So the remake, they flip-flop the genders. So Anna Faris is like the poor, you know, uh, she has to work two jobs kind of thing. She's trying to study f- to be a nurse. And then the guy, oh, I can't think of his name. Damn yeah, it. I'll say what. Every time I saw the trailers, I did not recognize the actor he's, in that. Like, I recognized Dana Faris. I did not recognize so him. So he was in the, It was a, there was a short-lived sitcom uh, called Rob with. Um, oh, God. Rob Schneider to Rob? Yes, yes. Yes, okay. So I he do. was the brother who kept, who would go, best friend, that guy guy i i know of rob's existence his name um he was also in how to be a latin lover okay um i devin knows his name and i i I do not but i can't remember it but so he plays the kurt russell character um and it still has those problematic things like it's still kidnapping 
but they make a comment to say this is kidnapping. So it's almost <laughs> and as like, we all know, at least that you know. makes it okay. <laughs> yeah. so, as long as one in person a, in, in the movie totally goes, not you realize okay this is way. illegal. <laughs> yeah, so, so they at least bring it up. The best part is that, I mean, spo- I'm going to say it now, spoilers for the new Overboard, if anyone out there is really a diehard Overboard fan. You know, you overboard heads, you you overboarders out there. You boarders. So, and I don't know if you can, you probably, I don't, go right ahead. (laughs) I'm going to catch this on, I'm going to catch this on like Amazon Prime one day, don't worry about it. (laughs) Um, So they make a reference to the original overboard, so they exist in the same world, which is fantastic. Um, so they make reference to it, which is great. And the movie is just so good. It has, I mean, it's the way they adapted it for modern world for like modern time is good. Um, because it's not as, I don't know. I wouldn't say misogynistic, but it's not as misogynistic. As I mean, the, honestly, as when it's not when it's not the woman um, being told to, to yeah, being told what so, to do by a guy and his three sons, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna guess it comes off as <laughs> a little less misogynistic. Yeah, and it's cool. So, so in the original, Goldie Hawn has a husband who goes to the hospital to like cl- claim her, like say who she is. And then he's like, yeah, no, I don't know her. And then goes off and starts, like, cheating on her and, like, has uses her money. Because she's the one who has the inheritance, not him. She's the rich one. He's just her husband. <laughs> so I like that. Like, the more that you describe this, all I can think of is what's it's uh, the movie with Sandra Bullock. Was it 28 Days? No, not 28 Days. There's a movie where Sandra Bullock like gets like amnesia or something and like Peter Gallagher or Peter Gallagher gets amnesia and Sandra Bullock has to like convince her that it tries to convince him they're in love or something. Oh, I don't. I, um, but like this all just sounds like a really bad like comedy yeah. version of this. Yeah. That is like this like raw this like beautiful I mean, like there's love that 50 story. First, there's that 50 first date. There's 50 first dates as well. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, so so he basically says, "Yeah, no, I don't know her." So he can start spending her money. Um, in the remake, it's a sister. It like he's not he's not married. He has a sister who is trying to take over the family business, but her their father is going to give it to Leo. Leonardo is his is his name in the movie, and she's like, no, no, because he is a screw up. I should be the one getting this company. So she goes to the hospital and is like, no, that's not my brother, and then s- makes up a lie that he dies. To his, to their dying father. And it's just like, okay, you're, sure. you're an awful person. <laughs> like, so that was cool. And then it, the first movie is a lot of like what, quote unquote, what a mother does. Whereas like the traditional sense of what a mother does. And then this movie is like what a traditional sense of father does. So, right. which I don't know. In today's day and age, that has changed like the thing a mother does and the thing a father does like that is slightly changed but it's it was for a movie like just a simple movie it worked in a sense um because it's ideals that everybody has at least heard of so in the first movie Goldie Hawn one of the sons does not know how to read 
and Kurt Russell, for whatever reason, can't get like a grip on this. Doesn't know, like, doesn't really know about it. He's not really involved in the school system. Like, that's kind of the conflict. Like, uh, one of the conflicts in the movie is that the teacher sees that the kids are not supervised by a parent all the time because he has to go out and work and work. Right, right, so, right. So. So she, so he's like, I can get her to watch my kids and get the school off my back kind of situation. So she sees that he can't read and she teaches him how to read. And so like Kurt Russell is like, wow, like, okay, she can take care of my kid. This is like, like, like he's grateful. But in the remake, Leo, one of the girls doesn't know how to um, ride a bike without training wheels. So he's like, we, I never taught you how to do that. I love, and, I love that, by the way, because I like the idea that, like, in the 80s, the idea that someone wouldn't notice their kid can't read and, like, wouldn't bother to teach them, yeah. like, these days just seems like, oh, it's crazy. You would catch that. Exactly. So we need something, we need something that's a little less obvious yeah. these days. Yep. And so it's, oh, the kid can't ride a bike. Okay. Yeah. At least that I get. <laughs> that I understand. <laughs> so, so he's like, well, I never taught you how to – and it's, like, kind of a really, like, heartfelt moment because – He's like, well, I'm your father because he's been lied to that he's their father. He's like, I'm your father. Like, these are the things I should be doing with you. I should be teaching you how to ride a bike. And then he does. And it's like a nice little moment because Anna Ferris is like so engrossed in her nursing that she's like, she just noticed it off the top. Like, she's like, oh, my God, you're not using training wheels. And she's like, yeah, dad taught me. And it's just like. Oh man, these kids love this guy and he's not even their father and oh my <laughs> god, it's like but it's it was really interesting because the things that they changed were so perfect, but the things that they kept exact like word for word similar worked so well. Like I was not upset that it was word for word in other like whereas in other remakes you probably would be upset. It's like why can't you guys do you know yeah, and I, I think mean, that like, I think that benefits from like it's been you know thirty thirty something years yeah, exactly. probably since that came out. And while I think it's a movie that everybody kind of knows in context, like I have heard of Overboard, I've never watched mm -hmm. it, but I've heard of it. So like the idea of oh, okay, they're gonna remake that. I'm not going to piss off a subset of the internet by remaking Overboard. Yeah. And so, like, you can get away with that kind of thing because, like, nobody's nobody's as invested in Overboard as yeah, they no. are in Ghostbusters. No, like... not, not at all. Not at all. That's why, yeah. So, I mean. And so, I think that works that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It was, it was really done, and it's fun. Like, it's just a fun turn-your-mind-off kind of movie with hearts. That's funny. And, yeah, it just... Yeah, it just you leave with a smile on your face. Which good. Is, those which, are always which is what those are always good positive movie, experiences. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. A movie should do that. Oh, that um, Sandra Bullock movie was while you were sleeping. By the way, I have oh, to look it up. Like, okay. Yeah. So there uh, we go. she's yeah she's like got this crush on Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher gets mugged and falls into a coma. The hospital mistakes that she is Peter Gallagher's fiance and she doesn't know how to explain to them that she's not. And then she falls in love with Bill Pullman, who is Peter Gallagher's brother. <laughs> so you've got Bill Pullman like thinking that Sandra Bullock is, is Peter Gallagher's fiance he's never heard of. She's falling in love oh with him. God. Peter Gallagher's been just laying in bed the whole movie. Jesus. <laughs> so, That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, Sandra Bullock movies are freaking like they, they come out of left field sometimes. <laughs> like, like, well, like what about like, All About oh, Steve? I've never seen All About Steve. But think about all about oh Steve. Think God, about that, that movie exists. Does anybody have to think about all about that Steve? That movie exists. 
in the and world. Then, and then in like two months, she's going to be, she's the new Danny Ocean. Yeah, I know. So, you know. Which, I gotta be honest, I'm excited. Speaking of like remakes and like, yeah. and like reboots or something, I'm excited for Ocean's 8. I'm, I'm excited. I don't I'm care. excited for that, and I think that works because, again, they left themselves the trilogy option by going with eight, so they can do Oceans eight, nine, and ten if exactly. this works out for them. Yep. And also, like, clearly, it's like, oh no, we're not like, it's we we didn't name her Danny Ocean. Like, we're not remaking Oceans Eleven and just making all of the characters women. Well, it's I, like, no, we just created new characters well, and slotted them into this world. I think she's, she's like it's like sister. Right, she's think... sister or something. Right, that's what I mean though. It's not like it was like, oh no, we don't have a Danny Ocean in this universe. Yeah, this exactly. is Danielle Ocean. <laughs> Look at her go. Yeah. This is Danny with an I ocean. Yes. D A N I ocean. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, but yeah, I am excited I, about that. The other thing uh, I want to talk about, because I, I mentioned it briefly with you, is uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Yes. So I know very little about this other than like Terry Gilliam has been trying to make this movie forever. That's for, for the 20, only thing I know for about 20 this. Years. For 20 yeah. years. Yeah. So I I was reading um I like to in the mornings now read IMDb just like news stuff like I'll read I'll read through the like news headers and I'm like oh if that's interesting I'll read it um and Don Quixote I've never read the the books or anything I but... own it oh, but do that's you? because it looks I own it because it looks good on my shelf I have not actually sat down and read it um but it's always it's a story that's kind of really interests me so anything with Don Quixote I'm like oh I'm gonna like I'm gonna try and look into this. Um, there was also I used to I used to play sometimes I, I sometimes I pick it up again, but I used to play Pirate One Hundred One because <laughs> I loved that game. I remember and... <laughs> that string of <laughs> online like MMOs that were like this is free, but we're yep. definitely trying to sell stuff to children. Yep, yep. Because there was that, and there was what Toon yep. Squad was that the other one? There was not uh, Toon Squad, Roots. Toon Town, like kind of like that know. was like. It may or may not have been owned by Disney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Wizard 101 and Pirates 101, I, I really enjoyed it as a kid. But there there's – in Pirates 101, you can go to um, La Mancha and you talk to Donkey Ote. And he is a donkey. Oh, God. <laughs> His name is Donkey Ote. Oh my God! That's as bad as that's as bad as Don Coyote, which was a cartoon yeah, with Sancho Panda, which is how I know most of what I know about the Don Coyote story was watching that on like Boomerang on Saturday mornings. Oh, like... and, then, and then there was another character. Oh, the 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 like he's not the sidekick in Don Quixote, but the second guy. I don't know. I can't remember. We're really bad on names tonight. I'm we really sorry. are. I love this idea that we're talking <laughs> about really classic stuff and have no idea what we're talking about. Exactly. Who, who directed Alien? I don't remember. <laughs> who, what, who's, a, who's a character in Tom Quixote? I don't know. The book's only been around for 500 years. Right. I haven't gotten around to it. I can't, like... There's our title. I, I mean, are you... <laughs> What's I the name? It. What's his name? Um, anyways, so there was a character like that had a, like a name loosely based off of that, too. It's just... So... That's also why I like Don Quixote. But the man who killed Don Quixote. So I saw it, and I saw a picture with Adam Driver. I love Adam Driver. <laughs> I love oh my Adam God. Driver so much. Yeah, no, he's excellent. He, but uh, He's the best part of the new Star Wars things. 
Because, A, Kylo Ren is a fantastic character, and it's Adam Driver, and I don't care what you say. <laughs> I, don't care about his, I don't care about his weird above-the-belly-button cut on his pants. Yep, nope. That just, like, show off nope. his pecs and nothing else. <laughs> nope. No problem with it at all. Anyways, uh... so, so I saw a picture of Adam Driver, and I'm like, oh, God. Okay, I need to look into this. And I'm reading the article, and it's like, yeah, he's been trying to make it since 19 i think 1995 well wait uh does that math add up i don't know anyway so i've been trying to make it since the 90s and there was just so much problems with it with cast getting sick um legal problems legal disputes like uh productions being shut down because of weather like this movie was like destined not to be made and it is finally completed, and Terry Gil, uh, Gilliman, Gil, Gilliam, Gilliam, Gilliam yep. was going to, he's like ready to show it at cons, at the cons film festival, and Ron um, Perry? No, not Ron Perry, that is someone else. Um, I can't remember his really bad at names so anyways there was a <laughs> the so the first article i read was that amazon was go, was pulling out of the distribution deal because the person who initially made the deal this is this is what i'm getting from the article i could have read it like read into it wrong but the person who initially signed off on the deal to distribute these films and to distribute certain films, including The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. He was also a producer of Don Quixote. Okay. He, I guess, started getting um, sexual harassment. Like, Was it Amazon or Netflix? Cause ne no, it was Amazon. No, Netflix. No, okay, sorry. I'm thinking of something else that happened with Netflix and the Kevin yeah. Spacey bullshit. No, so no, apparently, no, no. again, everybody's terrible. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so there was some sexual harassment um claim against him and so amazon i guess was like looking into what they should and shouldn't distribute and then also there was a legal battle over the one of the original producers of don quixote um who like said that terry gilliam gilliam does not own the rights i do where terry gilliam was like no that's some complete bullshit he did nothing. This has <laughs> always been my thing, and he's wrong. So it went to like the French, some a court, some court in France. Like it, it just went through all of this stuff, and like finally, finally, after um, Terry Gilliam suffered a stroke, like, and then he had to go to court and make a statement over it. He it finally won, so it could be premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, but it's still battling that Amazon distribution thing. My so God. it's just like this movie can't win. <laughs> in a the other sense. the other part of that is that wrong um, with it. Yeah, the other part of that is that for a long time he's been trying to make it with Johnny Depp. Yeah, and that was one of the big things that kept happening was that the schedule with Johnny Depp kept going all over the place mm -hmm. because he kept getting put in bigger and bigger films all over the place. Yeah, so and now like, it's when Adam the Pirates Driver. films came out, 
So Adam Driver replaced Johnny Depp in that situation. He's played. Okay. So he's. I would so... love that because I don't. I'm done with Johnny Depp in so many ways in my life <laughs> that like, like I would be fine with that. I just realized that Johnny Depp, Alice Cooper, and uh, the third guy I can't think of his name. Um, that is that's gonna be the title. Can't think of his name. Um, they're in a band called Hollywood Vampires. Oh dear just God! Learned, be just more today. extra. I just be more extra that today. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew this existed. But anyway, so yeah. So, and I'm like, I want to see this movie not just because of all the turmoil it's been through, but it's about like a marketing agent who gets sent back in time to kill Don Quixote. Oh my and I'm God. Like, this sounds ridiculous and just ridiculous enough that it's going to be in my ballpark. Like, it's going oh, to yeah, Terry, for me. Oh, yeah. Terry Gilliam's films are, <laughs> are usually in that ballpark of, like, so, it's just weird enough that you have to buy into it or else, like, but it's, it's also, like, way over your head. It's also to the point where no matter what, I am seeing this movie. I don't care what has to happen. It, like, I am, as soon as it, like, touches U.S. soil, I am seeing it. <laughs> because I might not be able to. Like that that could be like the only chance to see it because of how much problems surround this production of this movie. You just, you just have to see it now. Exactly. That's kinda like when um exactly. Duke when Duke Nukem Forever finally came out. Um, which is a terrible game, but it took like twenty years to make and so everybody had to like see see what came of it. And yeah. it's like, oh, it's a game that was clearly made like written twenty years ago. <laughs> like they've updated everything in this game except the writing. So, so like that's the one thing that's gonna be really fun to watch is like, okay, what made it into this movie that you can can you tell the difference between what was in this movie originally and what was like slotted in later when they were like realized that it's been twenty years and they need to do something to update yeah. whatever it is they're doing. Like long, long running projects are always weird like that. It's like when um like a movie comes out two years like after it was made. It's like, oh, this was clearly made two or three years ago. Um, Red Dawn was like that, the Red Dawn remake. Oh, I, did, the Red, the I never Dawn, watched the remake. I only saw the, Red, the original. The Red, the Red Dawn remake was made before Chris Hemsworth or the kid that plays PETA. In oh, Josh Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson were, were really famous. Mm. Before Thor came out and before Hunger Games came out. Mm-hmm. And, but then it got wrapped up in MGM's whole bankruptcy thing around the same time that like quantum of solace was going to was, was like may not have come out and stuff like this. And they were fighting oh, over it. It's like okay. MGM almost went completely bankrupt and all that. And so a bunch of these movies got shelved. And so that movie doesn't come out until like after Thor is already out. But at that point it's like a four year old movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, huh, that's strange. I mean, that and so you're watching it. Like... <laughs> yeah. You're, you're really, you're watching it. What you're really doing is you're watching it and going, how the hell did they get Chris Hemsworth for this movie? It's like, oh, because the movie he actually made at the same time was Cabot in the Woods. Like, oh, I love that movie. Which, again, which also got shuffled into the same the same thing. Like, um, the distribution to that was supposed to be MGM, and then they got shuffled around. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that ended up getting cut because that sat on the shelf for so long. There was supposed to be a Left 4 Dead campaign tied into Cabin in the Woods. Really? Which is why, which is why in the scene when you can see all of the, the boxes of monsters kind of going around in the sliding cube thing, yep. you can see a couple of the, the special zombies from Left, from Left 4 Dead in there. Because the idea was huh. that they were going to be a little bit more prominently featured and then they were going to release a campaign along with it with Valve to put it in to Left 4 Dead, but it sat on the shelf for so long that the deal fell through. Wow. 
wow. Yeah. <laughs> Some trivia knowledge you never knew. Yeah. Um, so, it's, so you end up like, how did, how did you get Jesse Williams and Chris Hemsworth in a movie together? How did you get Josh Hutcherson? He's making billions of dollars off of Hunger Games. That's like, well, because he's five years younger in this pic- this movie you're watching. Well, I think it's also, it's also a question of, and I, I say this fully, I want you to understand, I love him. But it's also Chris Hemsworth and Josh Peck. That's the I casting. forgot Josh Peck was in that <laughs> exactly. movie. Exactly. <laughs> so like you're seeing it and you're like, oh, Josh, Josh Peck and, and Thor. Is it Chris? I always thought it was Liam Hemsworth also. I'm pretty sure, I'm pre- oh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty certain it's Chris I Hemsworth. I thought it was Liam Hemsworth, who also was in Hunger Games. So it's still a valid point because <laughs> his his him and Josh Hutcherson, their uh, popularity Spiked. Yeah. No, it is. It is. It is Chris. It's Chris. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, still, still, but it's like Josh Peck is in that movie. (laughs) And he's completely. Yeah, and he's completely off the radar now. Is he doing his? He did a TV show with with John Stamos that he did the show with. Yeah. So he did Grandfathered, which was a great show. I really enjoyed that show. He's also um he was doing voice act. He does a lot of voice acting. So. He was Casey Jones in the most recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series. Okay. Um, and then I think he might have done some video game. I think I saw his name for a video game. Yeah, somewhere. probably. Um, but yeah, he's doing he's doing voice work, and then he's just doing like crazy videos on YouTube. So he's still super. He, now, when Grandfather came out, he started to become prev- like super prevalent again, like super famous and not famous right but very popular but, again but no known again yeah and then he got married so like that spiked his popularity because people were like oh my god josh get married and then there was like a some weird feud between him and drake and then like that ended this is all because i drake and josh was like a huge thing for my age group um and it still is but yeah, so oh but please, the... I was watching them back on Amanda's show. You don't even know. Oh okay, good. Oh, good. we can't talk oh, so about those shows anymore. So was yeah, I. Yeah, we can't talk about those shows anymore because again, Nickelodeon hired a terrible person. I'm so mad about that. I don't care. I don't. Ugh. You know what? I, I remember do, Josh I do Peck care. when he wasn't attractive. Damn it. <laughs> I do care that that is that is a thing. But I don't, but, but it's not going to stop you from those... it's not going to stop the show the fact no. that those shows are important. No, I know exactly. I know. And I was watching Amanda's show too. Like I I quote. I quote more Dan Schneider shows than any other show. That's a lie. I quote Phineas and Ferb more than. <laughs> than <laughs> I went back anything. and watched. I went back and watched some all that at some point and by and um oh, the love... news the news segment with Lori Beth by mm-hmm, the way mm-hmm. still holds up. Oh still yeah, definitely. Hilarious. Still absolutely hilarious. They all are like all of those skits are are have held up perfectly and even the jokes from Amanda show have held up like bringing like. People always, I usually say, bring in the dancing lobsters if there's like an awkward situation. <laughs> She'd be like, and bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> like, because I can't, because I'm sure that makes a situation less awkward. Yeah. When oh, someone totally. shouts, bring in the dancing yeah. lobsters. Yeah, it just makes everybody <laughs> think for a second and then forget what was awkward about the situation because now they're like, why are you talking about Ugh. lobsters? Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a question for you. Yes. Segways are weird. Um, <laughs> I know. They, you, how do they even stand up? You ride on them. They can somehow know, right? hold Paul Blart, but same the same time, I feel like I would fall over on them. Like. <laughs> Thank 
you. Way to bring last episode up into this episode. Good job. Um, so, so anyways, uh, I think I mentioned it to you. And I, like, ranted about it. But I don't know if I ever got your side of it. Um, the news of Groot's final words? Yes. Can so, we, can we, is yes. it okay so, to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, because... it's been two weekends now, but if for some reason you still haven't seen Infinity War and planning to, and it just hasn't happened, spoiler alert. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have never been concerned. Same thing with Chewbacca. I have never been concerned with what is being said by a yeah. character I cannot understand mm-hmm. that has not been subtitled. Like I like I do not care what the actual words coming out of their mouth are. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting that you say that you bring that up because I was always I always like inferred and was taught that if there are no subtitles, you're not supposed to know what they're saying. No. Because it's and either the it's, joke is how people react to them, like either like Rocket exactly. or Han Solo, like yep. either are going to repeat what they say or just answer them. Or you get a Star Trek Four situation where there's like a two minute extended sequence between the whales and the giant space satellite mm-hmm. that you have absolutely no context exactly. for because they just make noises at each other. Well, it's also <laughs> it's also like just speaking of like, I don't know, foreign films like we were we were watching a Japanese film that I can't remember the name of as per the theme of the night um <laughs> and they're they're speaking there there's a point where they're speaking english and then they start speaking japanese and then they're speaking in japanese but there's no subtitles but there are Eng- there are english speaking like americans in the scene and that's because the americans don't speak japanese and the Japanese characters don't want the Americans knowing what they're saying, so the audience doesn't get to know what they're saying. So it's like that kind of situation. So anytime right. I don't see subtitles, I'm like, okay, I'm not. I'm supposed to be just as confused or lost as the other characters in the scene. And that's why you have a character like Han Solo or Groot to give the context. So, and then... It's just like, I don't need to know what he's saying because I already know what he's saying because your character tells me. Yeah, why? Like, I don't even understand why anybody asks. By the way, we haven't actually explained what's going on. Oh, yet. yeah, no. Someone asked, someone asked <laughs> James Gunn what. So, did someone ask James Gunn or did someone, he just say, like, no, bring this up? Someone asked him, right? Someone tweeted him, hey, what, was, what did Groot say just as he is about to fade? Okay. And James Gunn tweeted back, spoiler, dot, 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 like a whole bunch of dots, and then dad. And I saw the article, and I'm just like, I don't like that. I don't know how to feel about that, because it's that, I don't know. And it, it, Because it's, it's the thing the that I don't think way. either of us ever, like, it even occurred to us to ask that question. So yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, you're giving me, it's like... <laughs> I mean, I to go back to J.J. Abrams, it's like when J.J. Abrams creates a giant mystery and then has to cover every single loophole. Yeah. And it's like, no, I don't need all of the information you're giving me. Let me either put in some of it myself or just go with the feeling of it. I don't need everything. And I think that's kind of the same way as it's like, I didn't I didn't ever need to know mm-hmm. or ask what Groot's final exactly. words were. You don't need to give that to me. No, I don't need that. But it's also the funniest thing about that was you both you and I were like. He said I am Groot as he was fading. That happened? Like, I right. completely forgot that he... Because you're so wrapped up in 
Groot dying again, even though supposedly also do from James Gunn's mouth that baby Groot and this now teenage Groot is Groot's son, which I also have a problem with. But like, why can't it just be Groot? Why I mean, can't he's a plant. Like, as far, yeah, Groot. He's a he's a plant. It's at least <laughs> a clone. I don't really care. Like, okay, yes, a new Groot. Groot. Like, I I don't care about any of that. Yeah, like, it, why? My thing, and I think you said it perfectly. It's like when a director does that and like doesn't allow. The point of movies, I think, in some situations, is they're up. They should be up for interpretation. Like you, sh- you should be able to interpret something that's going on, unless otherwise described in the movie. So when you have the director just being like, "This is how it is. This is the story," it's like, "Oh, well, now all of my thoughts are like discontinued." Now, I would also like to point out like... very quickly that James Gunn did not write nor direct this movie. Which just he, occurred I thought to me. He had, I thought he had a part in it, though. He produced he? it, or yeah, I think. Well, he yeah, no, on... I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of a lot of the directors come in and like they have their input and stuff. I but, think like... he worked on some of the guardian scenes. Because, okay. Like I'm sure that I they mean, probably he, just. Yeah. He knows how those characters, at least in this world, operate. You know? Right. But yeah, it just it, it just felt so. It's like, well, if anything, it feels like. And I, and I said this to you, if anything, it feels like Groot is saying I'm sorry if he's saying I'm Groot as he's fading away. Because it would be the same thing as Spider-Man, where Groot is a very sacrificial per- like person, quote-unquote person. He's very sacrificial, so if he, if he wants to help any way he can, even though, yeah, teenage Groot doesn't seem that way, right. but he and still why- sacrifices his arm for the handle of the, the axe... And then he goes on to just, like, freaking dominate during the, the fight. And then, if anything, he would be say, saying to Groot, I'm sorry, because I couldn't do everything that I could have done. Or, or even, like, I'm sorry that I was, like, a dick for most of this yeah, movie. Yes, and like, exactly. Like, <laughs> but saying like, I, like, dad oh. to him? I don't know. I, I understand that the second Guardians movie had a lot of those father things and like your family isn't necessarily the people who gave birth to you or anything. And it's like who who raises you in, in that kind of sense. But thinking of the Rocket and Groot relationship as a father and son relationship instead of a like brotherly or like Best, or like uncle or, or nephew like, like or as a like, best friend relationship right is is very strange to me because it they, also it they... just reeks of like I, oh, i'm gonna say the one thing that i know is going to be the saddest and that's by saying oh he was saying dad that because that's a sad thing that you yeah. say when you die like yeah, oh exactly. god like i don't know i just it just hit the like if that's it fine i'm i'm not gonna choose to accept, I don't know not accept that but I, don't, I choose I don't, to accept your reality James I don't Gunn. I don't want to <laughs> let that affect any way I look at the movie anymore because right. it's just I don't I don't want that to be true <laughs> like I want it to be my interpretation I don't know but 
I, I wanted to see how you felt about it. No, uh, I, 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 I think, I think it's just like, like I said, I think he's, it's like emotionally manipulative yeah. to be like, oh yeah, no, he was saying dad. Cause that sounds like it would be sad to say there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's also like super on the nose. Like you get, again, going back to Spider-Man, you get that exact same feeling of Spider-Man, of, of Peter Parker looking up to Tony Stark as a father and like feeling like not only sorry that, and, and sorry that he disappointed his mm-hmm. father. Like that is that whole scene. Yeah. So to then be like, oh yeah, no, Groot did that too, and he did it by just saying the exact words and not being at all like subtle or poetic about it. Yeah. It's like, no, come on. Well, it's also like the Peter, the the Spider-Man and Iron Man situation, like Peter and Tony Stark. Like, yeah, I guess Tony Stark is like a father figure to Peter because he doesn't have one and he he needs one in a sense. But it's like I'm looking at that situation like I've let my mentor down. This is my mentor and I completely shattered anything that is between us, you know, which yeah. he didn't. I mean, Peter Parker, Spider-Man did like so, like did a was helpful. <laughs> like he they got the Infinity Gauntlet off of his hand. And, and uh, they wouldn't have if Spider-Man and, and Tony and, and Iron Man did not work together. That would not have oh, happened. That's, so, a, that's another thing I need to yell at people about. Thank you for bringing up that scene, by the way. <laughs> people, stop being mad at Peter Quill. What the hell is your problem? <laughs> Can we just like... Oh, yeah, <laughs> all, these articles, all these articles about the fact that Peter Quill is the reason oh that everything happened in, in Infinity War because he's, cause just as they were about to get the gauntlet off of him, he had to go and get all emotional with mm. Thanos. He's killed the... Freaking love of his life. Exactly. Come on, people. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> he is a human freaking being. I love of him. all of the characters on that of, on that planet. He is the most human of them because he doesn't have like he's got rocket boots and a gun. Mm-hmm. That's all he has. Well, which by so the way, does, didn't so does that... Iron Man. No, Iron Man has much more than rocket <laughs> boots and a gun. He has, he has a lot. He has bigger rockets. First yeah, of all, but... he has multiple guns. But, has... but they both have <laughs> retractable helmets. Yeah, but he's also got a retractable body. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Iron Man is a futuristic Star-Lord. Convince me otherwise. <laughs> it's all going to turn out that he'll get knocked back in time and just become Iron Boy. Yeah. Um, um, real character, by the way. Yeah, oh, definitely. I know, I know. Um, I did like your tweet when you were like... Um, Fan looks at oh you were like something. Fan looks at a butterfly. Oh, yes. Is Ac- this character, a villain? <laughs> yes. Character acts like an actual emotional human being for once, and the fans look at the butterfly and say, "Is this a villain?" Yeah, <laughs> <Is> this- <laughs> that was good. That was good. I like uh, that. Um, but yeah, it was just I don't know. See it, yeah. Seeing that Groot and Rock Rocket are more like a fatherly son duo instead of a best friend duo was just it was strange to me. <laughs> Yeah. And not because one is like, a raccoon and one is a tree. It's because yeah. they are best friends. Yeah, and, I always looked at it as like, like your your like weird uncle or like a like a family friend is taking care of you because your yeah. parents aren't around anymore or something. Yeah. Where it's like I get I get the idea of like Rocket raising Groot. I can go with that, but I would never picture them as a relationship where they would call each other dad and son. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that would never happen. No, nope. <laughs> I don't know. Good. Okay. Good that I'm glad we got that off our chest. If it seems like we've, hopefully we've got all Infinity War problems off of our chest. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. I didn't expect that to come up again after oh 45 minutes on it last week. But 
Jeez. It just keeps going, people. It, it really does. And the like and the memes keep going. And it's like Oh my god. Jesus. They do. I actually I did retweet one that I thought was really funny. I can't remember what it was, but it was the Drake meme. The the like I'm gonna the the leaning away and then smiling meme oh. thing that he does. I forget exactly what it was I retweeted, but that one was pretty There good. was there was one I saw <laughs> where it was the 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 part of X Men First Class where Xavier like that's when he loose that's when he gets paralyzed. <laughs> Professor X gets paralyzed and he's looking up at Eric and he goes, Eric, I don't feel so well and then he, <laughs> and then he turns to dust. And I'm like, that uh, is that oh, is funny. I will, I will get behind the, that meme. I'll tell you the sad version of that I saw, which will transition into my last thing for the okay. week. Um, and that was um, Andy Samberg and Jolo Triglio high-fiving and Jolo Triglio saying, I, I don't feel so good as they fade away. And I was like, oh, that's funny, but also super fucking sad because Brooklyn Nine-Nine is officially canceled. Oh, yeah. Um, and being replaced by Last Man Standing coming back on Fox. Wow, there's some anger behind that comment. <laughs> because it, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh, because what they it's like the most like very clearly like oh we're getting rid of this show that has a very clearly a very dedicated fan base that is not the largest on our network. We're gonna do get rid of that and hopefully pull a Roseanne with the show that Roseanne replaced, because Fox had always been producing last man standing and then sold it to yeah. uh abc for distribution mm -hmm. and so like the fact that they're the ones bringing it back is not super surprising but it's just like this was the week where everything got canceled or renewed and they killed off a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. but brooklyn 99 is by far like the one that it's the only one i care about it's the one i watch i don't watch most other tv but um yeah just the fact that they would be like very like it's like so blatant that they were like oh no we got rid of this show that has this like whole multicultural cast and all this uh, like LGBT issues and all this other stuff and talks about police in a human way. Mm -hmm. It's like, nah, we want to go back to our family sitcom with Tim Allen because we think it'll get better ratings and we want to compete with ABC right now. Yeah. Like, Fox, stop it. Stop it, Fox. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Boop on the head. Stop it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've only seen a couple episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I really enjoyed what I watched. So it's it's very much in the vein of like Parks and Rec and Superstore, right? Yeah. Where it's a bunch of it's a bunch of goofy idiots who are mm -hmm. good at their job, but it really comes down to like this like positive goofy idiocy instead. Yeah, exactly. I really like, and so like it's one of those things where it's like, oh, thank God, you, you talked about like shutting your brain off to like watch uh, Overboard. Overboard. It's like, oh, I can I can watch this and just like enjoy it for a little bit. I don't have to like be angered by a bunch of characters i hate because uh, i'm also watching 10 dc shows right now and i just can't <laughs> between keeping them all straight and the fact that most of them act like idiots i want to strangle them uh, but there you go <laughs> but i was also part of the problem because i definitely only watched brooklyn 99 when i had three or four episodes like backed up on hulu oh, and they're okay. like okay now i can now i can sit down and watch them for more than more than 20 minutes at a time <laughs> so uh oh man yeah well, so that's a bummer. Yeah. But hey, Riverdale's hey. coming back. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I have I want to watch Riverdale. I never watched the first season, but I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's it's trash. It's good trash, but it's trash. Hey, there we go. Uh, good trash. All, all of One Tree. Speaking of trash, all of One Tree Hill is back up on Hulu too. Oh, Definitely really? gonna watch those. That. Oh God. I just, I just need to get Hulu. Have you watched The Magicians? Have you watched The Magicians? I have it. All oh. of this, and I still haven't watched The Magicians. You need to watch The Magicians. <laughs> Just, this is the first episode. 
the first two episodes. <laughs> I don't know. I was told that every, I was told the end of every episode was going to anger me because hey, of Cliffhanger. Hey, hey, so. you know what? It's going to make you want to keep watching, though. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, man. Well, on I think that that's, note. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to do it. Um, I need I need a nap now <laughs> before I completely lose my mind. Nice. Uh, well, there we go. Well, so uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I am Dale Decker, uh, one of your hosts. You can follow me on Twitter at Dale's Brain. Um, and? And I am. See, I got to learn to start saying and, and then you'll under. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. as I completely derail the sentence anyway. <laughs> um, and I am Zach Sarek, again, the other host, and you can find me at Zerwhiskey. Or you can just follow the. Um, bands page <laughs> the, the podcast page at uh say report junior and yeah if you want to tweet us and say what you liked and what you didn't like about the episode we may or may not tweet you back so hey um but that's gonna do it for tonight uh catch us catch us next week where we will actually be releasing on wednesday again sorry for the late episode release but hey, now you'll get two episodes closer together. Hey! Yay! Yay! All right. So long, everybody! Bye! Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time. <laughs>